0: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yabba Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Malou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost their fifth straight game by a score of 118-95 to against the Chicago Bulls, second out of back-to-back. Um, I, I mean, at this point, you kind of know what the deal is, right? Um, the Raptors obviously are missing these guys, and they just can't compete without them, period. That's the whole story. Um, now, of course there is still a question of how competitive are the Raptors even with everyone healthy, because we've seen varying results of that. We saw the Raptors get to 500. They got two games above 500 and now uh, they're in 11th place in the Eastern conference uh, with a record of 17 and 22. They have lost five straight games. They've lost, um, how much did they lost? They've lost seven or last eight games. I mean, dating back for the span of a month now. Um, It's tough. It's tough to remember, you know, the wins against, you know, Philly, against Brooklyn, against Milwaukee twice. I mean, we even had a slander pod this season. That seems unbelievable. Uh, Because, yeah, I mean, they just can't compete with this group, period. And I'm talking about this current group. When you're starting Stanley Johnson and Aaron Baines with Terrence Davis, uh, when you're looking at a box score and you got Norman Powell with 32, Kyle Lowry with 20, Um, I'm not even mentioning 17 for for Chris Boucher, because I didn't think he played well at all. Uh, on On the other hand, you have a team like the Bulls that have nine guys in double digits. You know, the Raptors held Zach Levine to half his season scoring average. Zach this year is averaging 28 points per game. He scores only 15 tonight. And what do the Bulls do? They have eight other guys that are there to give you double digits in scoring. And for the Raptors... It's not the same. It's not the same. They can't say that. I mean, you look at the guys they had out there. Just wasn't working, you know, um, at all. And it was, uh, it was a disappointing game, really. Because, not not necessarily because they lost. I think you kind of have a good understanding of the fact that they don't have the requisite, you know, NBA talent to go out and win a games on a, any sort of consistent basis, really. Um, but what you have to think is like, okay... Can somebody somebody step up? This is a great opportunity. You know, there's how many NBA spots in the NBA, right? There's, what, uh, 450 spots, in, you know, in the NBA, plus an additional two, two-way two spots on the team. So, throwing another 60. There's 510 spots in the NBA, right? That's a very exclusive job. There might be more astronauts than there are actual NBA players. What are you going to do in terms of some of these other guys? Because they're also accomplished players. There are guys who have worked really hard, to get to the point they are in their careers, and they have a rare opportunity to come in and play, right? Not every single day is Henry Ellenson going to play in the NBA, right? Um, not every single day is Paul Watson going to have 27 minutes. I mean, you know, Matt Thomas, he's been in the doghouse, he gets to play nine minutes. What can some of these guys do, right? Do you have something for the team? Because the team absolutely needs you. And it's disappointing to hear to see no. Like, the answer is no from all the other guys on the team. The Raptors basically played with two players today, and it's a miracle that the Raptors didn't lose by 50, even though the Bulls didn't even play that well. I didn't think the Bulls played great. You know, I really didn't. Um, you know, some guys got hot at certain stretches. You know, they moved the ball occasionally well. They, they made some cuts. That's cool. I didn't think the Bulls played that well. I, quite honestly, I just, I didn't, right? Um, there were there were a lot of stretches of poor play from that team. There's a reason why they're under 500. But for the Raptors, they played with two guys. The two guys were Kyle Ayer and Norm Powell. That's it. Those two guys combined for 52 points, the rest of the guys on the team couldn't even match that, you know? They couldn't even match that, you know? And it, it's, you know, it, again, it's just disappointing because this is a rare exclusive opportunity for guys to show why they are NBA players, to show why they deserve bigger contracts, to show why they deserve more time, more recognition, more opportunity, everything like that, right? And, and what did we see today, right? You know, obviously, we know Aaron Bates is, you know, is what he is. So he's not really going to show you much. But Stanley Johnson, two points in 14 minutes, you know, defensively didn't really make that big of an impact. Uh, you know, you got Terrence Davis getting his start for the fourth time this season. Which, what has he done to, to deserve starting four times this season? Six points in 23 minutes, making boneheaded decisions, including what might have been the worst play of the game. And there's a lot of bad. There's a lot of competition for that award. Okay, but. The worst play of the game was and at the end of halftime, right before half, the Bulls shot free throws, they couldn't get the rebound, um, no, the Raptors are shooting free throws, the Bulls couldn't get the defensive rebound, the ball got to Terrence Davis along the baseline with, like, four seconds left, and for some reason he decides to, like, start moonwalking backwards like Michael Jackson, and takes a contested pull-up Corner fading three instead of just passing to one of the two guys, like Norm and DeAndre Bembry were wide open on the basket. There was time left instead of just passing to those guys for an actual open layup. He decides to take the three. It's an outrageous decision. Um, you know, what did Terrence do in this opportunity? Six points in 23 minutes, bad defense, bad offense, bad decision making, nine shots, two of nine from the field. You know not good, Henry Allenson comes off the bench this guy 's on a ten day contract, and already Henry Allenson is playing more minutes than Aaron Baines, who was signed with the mid level exception, which is worth i don 't know probably a hundred times more money than the ten day contract. And somehow, Henry Ellinson's already playing more minutes than Aaron Baines. 20 for Ellinson, 18 for Baines. And honestly, why not? Because Henry Ellison actually has an offensive skill set. He can actually, you know, pump fake against the defense, drive in and draw two fouls back-to-back and get himself to the free-throw line. When have you seen Aaron Baines get himself to the free-throw line, right? Uh, You Obviously, Henry's brought in for a shooting, hasn't really done that much, doesn't really play defense either. But you know what? Good for him. It's a 10-day contract. He's getting more time than the starter. Uh, it, you know, it is what it is, right? Who else? DeAndre Bembry, 16 minutes off the bench. I don't like when Bembry comes off the bench in this current group. I think he's one of the Raptors' five best players at the moment. He didn't show it today, though. Like, literally, um, you know, I, I, I just... There was a stretch in the first quarter, really, um, where the Raptors... I think defensively, they came out much better, right? It wasn't like the Hornets game, which honestly, it's not hard to come out better defensively when in the Hornets game, you give up 44 freaking points, including 11 threes in the first quarter. Okay, so it's not hard to improve on that, but the Raptors did improve on that by only giving up 28, which is just a regular quarter, right? Um, And I thought defensively, the Raptors were actually doing okay. They were competing. Aaron Baines got a block at one point. It was good. The thing is, offensively, The Raptors shot 2 of 11 from the restricted area. Do you know how hard it is to shoot 2 of 11 from the restricted area, right? You know how people complain about Fred VanVleet getting his occasional layup blocked or whatever. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? 2 of 11 in the restricted area. And you got Aaron Baines just flipping up shots at the basket. Like, literally just like, you might as well punch the ball at the rim. They might have a better chance of going in. DeAndre Bembry driving in, throwing his body into contact. It's not great, but, you know, like, he's not making those shots either. But Bembry, 16 minutes, you know, he's on a, you know, league minimum deal, I believe, zero points, okay? Yuta Watanabe, my guy, but really, honestly, eight minutes, comes in, never looks to shoot, never, ever looks to shoot. And when he does shoot, he's probably gonna miss. You know, he does scrap defensively, we love that, but damn, we need some scoring. Like, someone needs to score when you're missing... 20 points from Fred, 20 points from Pascal, 15 points from OG. That's already 55 points right there. Someone needs to come in and score. And for you to just come in every game and not look at the basket, like, yo, I understand, like, Asian politeness, but damn, that's too far, man. All right? And then who else? Paul Watson, 27 minutes. Last game, I'm like, all right, Paul gives you 12 points. He gets a dunk and garbage time. Let's give him more minutes. What is he could provide you? Three points today with three turnovers, five personal fouls in 27 minutes. You know... I actually thought he played okay, but just on the eye test, but when you look at the numbers, it's kind of undeniable. It's hard to overcome three turnovers and five personal fouls, but he got 27 minutes, didn't really do that much with the opportunity. Had a driving layup at one point, which I'm like, okay, he can use his athleticism, but just plays so smooth and and so, um, I don't know, nonchalant. I don't know. I kind of would like a little more aggression there, but again, I mean, I don't even know what to say. If you're going to be a 3 and D player, you can't have five personal fouls in 27 minutes. Uh, And then Matt Thomas, I mean, he doesn't play for the longest time, finally comes in, uh, bangs a three as he usually does, but, you know, struggles to get a shot off, struggles to rebound, struggles to make plays for other people. What is he really going to do, right? I mean, if you're going to be a gunner, at least come in and gun, right? And he he couldn't really do that. And then Jalen Harris, you know, a rookie, you know, in the 905 level, he was like, I don't know. I mean, he got hurt, so it's hard to fully assess. But quite honestly, in the games that I watched, not among the five best players in the 905, like, quite honestly, and that could be an adjustment period, whatever, but there were guys that were definitively ahead of him, right? You know, um, I thought Malachi Flynn was ahead of him, which is no surprise. He was drafted first round, Jalen, second round. But, you know, Malachi was ahead of him. Um, yeah, Henry Ellenson was up, uh, was ahead of him. Uh, who else? Elise Johnson. Alize Johnson was ahead of him. Um, you know, honestly, towards the end, Matt Morgan was ahead of him. Uh... Nick Stauskitz had some really nice stretches, he was above him, you know what I mean? Like, even guys like Matt Mooney, who again, if you haven't even watched 905, you have no idea who that is, you know, he had better stretches than Jalen, so Jalen comes in, doesn't really do much in his five minutes, they're all garbage time, whatever. It's just disappointing, Chris. Like that's like half your roster, and I understand you got guys missing, right? You got five guys that are missing, including three of the most important players in the team, plus Malachi, who hasn't really done much for the Raptors just yet at the NBA level. But at least it's you know you're hoping he translates to something because he's a first round pick, and then Pat McCaw, who people complain about Pat McCaw, the Raptors could use Pat McCaw at this point. Um But that's like most of your roster was still there, and they had this chance to play because guys were out, and nobody stepped up. And that's disappointing, because you're looking at it like, what are you doing, right? Again, there's 510 jobs, right? There's there's 510 jobs in the NBA, in terms of on-the-roster spots. These guys have them, and the Raptors just had like six or seven guys that came in and gave you like a combined 15 points. Like, you know, like, bro, I, we don't even have, like, a Denzel Valentine. Denzel Valentine has been, he's not good. Let's go on, honestly. He's not that good. But he comes in today in the fourth quarter. He bangs in three straight triples. Who on the Raptors could do that right now in terms of swinging a game off the bench, right? Because no the Bulls aren't relying on Denzel Valentine for any sort of real significance. Um, but, like, you know, they can bring him off the bench. They can bring Colby White off the bench. You know, he had some nice moves. Not the most efficient player just yet, but... You know, has is a very tricky pick-and-roll player. You know, he was, I believe, all NBA second-team rookie last year, just like Terrence Davis, except look at the difference between the two of them. I mean, damn, they, they Davis wouldn't even be drafted, and it's pretty clear why he wasn't. And look at Kobe White. Obviously, he's was a first-round pick, but you see the skill set, right? He had one play where he put the ball behind his back, crossed up Kyle Lowry, got into the middle of the floor, baited Chris Boucher. Not that hard to bait Chris Boucher, but then, boom, hits him with a little mid-range jumper. Real, tangible skills. Even a guy like Ryan Archidiakono, who, I mean, like, you know, I mean, come on, right? Even Ryan Archie Archidiakono would come in and take a charge. Like, can, can someone on the bench even come in and take a charge, right? Like, Wendell Carter's coming off the bench for them. Giving them 12 and 11, you know, giving them physicality, giving them actual rim production, r- protection, comes in, immediately scores, You know, Otto Porter Jr., he's apparently going to be bought out because he has, I don't don't know, he's Otto Porter Jr., but he comes in and bangs some jumper against the Raptors. And then Denzel Valentine, again, you know, it was hurtful because the Raptors were still somewhat in the game, you know, like, that's how these games have gone, where teams get up big against the Raptors and then just kind of chill a little bit, but the Raptors this game wasn't really doing that, they actually kind of stayed kind of close, they fought, they scrapped defensively, the Raptors were kind of there, you know, and it was like a maybe like a 12, 10, 10, 12 point game, the Raptors put in, they go all in, this is their best offensive group, it's Kyle Lowry, it's Norm Powell, it's Terrence Davis, it's Chris Boucher, and I forgot who the other guy was, to be honest, but um, who was the other guy, maybe it was Helen Ellenson, or Maybe Matt Thomas or something. Oh, Paul Watson. It was Paul Watson. So it was Kyle, Norm, Davis, Paul Watson, Chris Boucher, which is not a banger lineup by any means. But that's probably the best five they got right now. And they were trying to make this push with all their guys. They're extending Kyle's minutes. They're extending Norm's minutes. They're making a push. And all of a sudden, they're getting outscored 9-1. to single-handedly by Denzel Valentine, who just bangs in three random triples. And again, I'm not saying I need Denzel Valentine on the Raptors, but I'm saying that a lot of these other guys on the Raptors aren't even giving you as much as Denzel Valentine can give you. So what are they doing? Right? Like, what are you doing? I understand it's a difficult circumstance. I I'm completely sympathize with that. Right? Right? You know, there are difficult circumstances, you know, that happen at work all the time. You know, people go through layoffs. People get sick. You know, people go through, you know, are, are unavailable for one reason or the other. People have to step up and do different roles. Where is that adaptability? Where are people going to come in and actually provide something? None of them did. And that's disappointing because this is a huge opportunity for these guys. How many more chances are these guys going to get? To play this many minutes, to get this kind of role, people will be looking back on this and kicking themselves because look, you have twenty-seven minutes for Paul Watson and he doesn't really show much for it, right? And, and same deal for most of these guys, and it's disappointing because, you know, as a fan, right? I, I'm I don't I barely even know most of these guys, right? Because they're new. But with the guys that I do know, Kyle and Norm, right—the two longest tenured Raptors—I know them very well. We've seen them, we've seen them go through playoff runs. We've seen them win championships, all that, right? Go through All Star games. You know, Norm's making a, a name for himself now. And when you see them all alone, like—and I mean alone—in terms of Kyle's just creating, driving, setting guys up for, like, literally, he found Utah Watanabe with a bullet pass right at the money, right at the rim for a layup, and Utah gets blocked. Right? And he's finding these guys for open threes. Henry Ellenson open for three, and it's like an air ball. And, and it's just like, it's sad. It, it really is sad. Like, I, I feel bad for these guys because these guys play with lots of heart. I mean, Kyle is on the floor diving, you know, drawing contacts. You know, he set the tone early, putting the Bulls in the early foul trouble with drawing three straight shooting fouls in the first quarter. Norm, at one point in the end of the third quarter, put the whole team on his back, scored like 11 straight points, driving one on five on the defense and still scoring. And then meanwhile, these other guys can't do anything. And, it, and it's just like they're doing their absolute best, and that doesn't matter. And that's gotta be so disheartening. That's probably why Kyle Lowry got ejected for like the the fifteenth time this season, it feels like. Because like, yo, why would you why would you stick around for this? Like, you know, like it's it's pointless. It's it's a sham. Like, you know? There was no reason to do any of this, right? Because Kyle and Norm alone aren't going to be any team as well as they play. And yo, you can't expect Kyle and Norm to give you more than fifty-two points. These two guys, how many times over the stretch, right, where the Raptors have lost five straight games now, right? How many times have Kyle and Norm giving you something close to fifty points, right? Like against the against the Celtics, same story. Against the the the, uh, the Pistons, same story. Against the Hawks, same story, right? Like at some point, these other guys have to come in and do something. And I understand. You know, the, the, there's no train, no practice time. There's an all-star break in between, you know, this and that. Um, you know, these guys obviously didn't don't have much chemistry. You know, it's hard to play defense. Bobo, I understand. I get it, man. But, yo, these guys train all day, every single day to be professional basketball players, to play a game that requires you to be ready whenever you're called upon. And in this game, you know, and in the last five games before this, without OG, without Pascal, without Fred... They haven't done that. And listen, I understand. The teams have had COVID and stuff like that, and they've suffered. They've lost. It's fine. But the way the Raptors have lost is sort of like there's no chance to even win. There was no chance, right? Like, the Bulls, you know, ha- had their thing. But, like, you know, Miami, for example, they- they're- they've they won, like, 10 of their last 11 games now that they're healthy, right? Which is probably what the Raptors are banking on. Otherwise, they're going to be in the play-in tournament. But, like... um. The 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 uh, the the Heat, for example. I mean, they had close losses, right? We saw them play the Raptors. You know, no Jimmy Butler. Like they were missing, like Jimmy Butler. They're missing, like um, who else they got? Like their Tyler Hero was out for them. You know, they were playing with like a weird, like Gabe Vincent. Like I didn't even know who that was. He was playing for them and stuff like that. And they they split the series with the Raptors, right? Because they competed. Right? Where is that compete with the Raptors? It's not possible because these other guys aren't really worth it and that's that's a shame that and that really is a that is really is a damning um reflection of the front office because what the front office has done every single year before this uh, under Masai since 2013 Masai and Bobby was to bring in talent right bring in talent so that you know there's the guys who compete there's the guys who are the main crux of the rotation guys who are ready to do stuff now and they play well and they win games but when those guys are out Guys can step in because the rest of those guys are used for developmental spots. You know, where Paul Watson is right now, 27 minutes, that, that's where OJ Anobi used to be. Where Matt Thomas is playing nine minutes, that's where Feb Van Vliet used to be. Where Jalen Harris is playing five minutes off the bench, that's where Delon Wright used to be. Utah Watanabe playing eight minutes just randomly. That's probably where Pascal was as a rookie, just randomly starting, right? And that's who the, they were counting on. When they had a chance to have minutes being played because guys were missing due to injuries. I mean, injuries are going to happen, right? I mean, we saw it last year, for example. There was a stretch for like 10 straight games. They missed no Kyle, no Serge Ibaka. And what did they do? They, they, they went in and they played and they got guys to step up. Chris Boucher stepped up. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson stepped up. Matt Thomas stepped up. Terrence Davis stepped up. They, they went on the road to beat the Lakers, who were the champions, in Los Angeles. That was the first loss of the season at home for the Lakers. And that's what happened when the Raptors didn't have Kyle and Serge. And, you know, later on in the season, they miss Mark, they missed Pascal, they missed Norm all at once. And what happened? They just kept winning. Guys kept stepping up. Guys kept making contributions. There is none of that at the moment. There isn't. And why is that? Well, A, the Raptors have lost a lot of talent to the free agency, right? And most of their veteran talent outside of Kyle Lowry is gone. The rest of these guys are the young core, and that's it. Um, and, of course, now the young core is gone as well because of the COVID, and what happened was the Raptors didn't really sign anyone else to sort of develop around that, right? Of course, the Raptors didn't have draft picks. The Raptors are operating as over the cap. You know, there's all sorts of situations. You know, of course, they weren't like just, you can just handpick all the players and the Raptors just pick the wrong players. That's not what happened. But at the same time, given what the Raptors were able to do in the past in terms of using undrafted picks to find Fred VanVleet, to sign Chris Boucher out of the G league, these kind of finds that really, really define the franchise, they haven't really been able to do that, right? I mean you know who else who else on this team can really do that i mean terrence davis last year was pretty good for undrafted rookie this year i mean you know not good at, at all right and and some of these other guys that they've signed you know stanley to a two year deal he hasn't really impacted beyond you know you know a nice like three week stretch in the first uh you know two months of the season um you know Bembry has made some moments but you know we kind of know what he is you know, I'm looking at Utah. I'm looking at Paul Watson. I'm looking at Matt Thomas. I'm looking at Jalen Harris. I'm looking at Henry Ellenson. What have these guys shown you? What have they shown you? And I, I just I don't know. And, and it's it's it leads to results like this, where the Raptors are just completely like it's. I didn't want to say it's a waste of time, really, because it's a pandemic. There's a lot of things you can do. Like I've been like watching, I don't know, binge watching like three, four seasons of you know Big Brother Canada, whatever. Like great show by the way. Watch season nine. But you know, still like. There's a lot of time being wasted in a pandemic is what I'm trying to say, especially if you're privileged like me. But at the same time, these Raptors games, that's got to be really low on the time-wasting priority list because until they get some of these guys back, they're not going to do anything. And you're not really watching them to do anything because you know they won't. And that's sad Like you can't walk. I've never really turned on a Raptors game outside of playing LeBron James in the playoffs. I've never really turned on a Raptors game and just knew immediately they're going to lose. And the last few games, I knew immediately they were going to lose. And, of course, that's due to circumstances, but it's also due to other things. The front office is not stocked the roster. The end of the bench used to always be for developmental guys. They're still developmental guys, but they are not the kind of guys that the Raptors used to have in the past. It's not like you're just going to bring in the bench mob, right? They're bench mob. I mean, the Raptors don't have any bench mob at the moment, right? You wouldn't call this thing a mob. It's just like a group of toddlers. Like, it's not a mob. There's no, it's no threat. That any of these guys carry, if any of those guys outside of Chris Boucher, who, again, defensively has given up just as many points as he has scored recently, right, I mean, today, for example, 17 points minus 14, I mean, yeah, it was not good defensively, it was battling foul trouble, that's part of the reason why he didn't play a lot of minutes, although he probably should start, quite honestly, in any case, outside of that, who was going to score for you, like, Henry Ellison literally just came to the team, and he he matched the rest of the bench in scoring, he had six points. 0 for Membry, 0 for Utah, 3 for Paul Watson, 3 for Matt Thomas, 0 for Jalen Harris. And even if you look at the starting five, Aaron Baines, 6, Stanley Johnson, 2, Terrence Davis, 6. Like, yo, does, Nick Nurse said out of the game, he was literally asked about his team. And he said, yo, my fourth leading scorer has 6 points. Right? <laughs> like, yo, this is bad, man. This Nick Nurse hasn't coached this little talent since he coached Team Canada at the FIBA World Cup in 2019, man. And, and to be honest, Kevin Pangos could do a lot of things for this team at the moment. So, it's uh, it, it's tough. It, it's tough for many reasons. Um, you know, I mean, again, I don't even know why I'm angry. Like, I kind of knew exactly what was going to happen. I'm just disappointed because in the past, the Raptors have done such a good job of beating the odds. They don't need first-round picks. They don't even need high first-round picks. They don't need lottery picks. They can just go and get guys, unearth them, right? And they just find these players... You know, they have some sort of small, you know, imperfections. They kind of develop. They succeed in spite of those imperfections. And it's a great story. I love watching some of the guys on the team right now. Pascal, OG, Fred, Norm, Kyle, right? All these other guys. Boucher as well. You know, it's just that hasn't happened for this current group. And it's, you know, it's... I guess it just is what it is. When, when you have, like, entire lineups, which, again, no disrespect to the G League. I'm just saying it's a big jump from the G League to the NBA. When you have entire lineups that are pretty much just all G League players, then all of a sudden you will make, you know, Otto Porter and Wendell Jr. and, and, and you know, Colby White and Denzel Valentine. I mean, damn, as much as we want to slander these guys, those guys are all first-round picks. And there's a reason they're first-round picks. You know, you know, guys get paid millions of dollars to evaluate NBA talent, and even if they are bad, like the Bulls have been bad at doing it, like they still get some of them right, and there is still a reason why some of these guys the way they are. So, Raptors lose, no real chance to compete, and um, kind of just is what it is. So, hopefully, they get some guys back, and there is good news. Maybe I should have just led with that. Maybe you could have not, you know, listened to 25 minutes of this like you know Asian man just ranting at uh, midnight on a Sunday. What am I doing? Uh, but, <laughs> uh, you know, some of the players may be coming back. This is what Nick Nurse said before the game. Quote, I would say later in the week we should have them all back, referring to the five guys that are out, which, again, are Fred VanVleet, O.J. Anobi, Pascal Siakam, um, Malachi Flynn, and Pat McCaw. Quote, I don't know in what capacity yet. I mean, one on O is still a ways away from being cleared, but it's, kind of staggering I think a couple of guys were cleared yesterday I think one or two more get cleared tomorrow and then one more after that and then there's still some time that needs to elapse from there now the thing is the Raptors actually don't play mercifully until Wednesday when the Raptors play the Pistons again now recall the last time the Raptors played the Pistons they kicked their ass so you know that's you know, uh not a guaranteed win as you would might think that a Pistons game is. Uh but, you know, the Raptors play at least have two days off. Hopefully they get some guys back. I don't know what condition they get these guys back in because it's not like these guys are just gonna be roaring to go. I mean they missed three mo- three weeks, so that's gonna hit your conditioning. They haven't really worked out in their one on O workouts. They've obviously had a respiratory disease, so I mean that's gotta impact the team. They probably can't go like the way they can go, play the same amount of minutes and probably not at the same intensity. So again, I would say limit your hopes. But again, this is probably the rapper's only reason to hope. But they have that, they have the Jazz come up on Friday, and they have the Cavaliers on Sunday. Um if they don't have their players back, I'm telling you right now, they'll lose to the Pistons and they will lose to the Cavaliers. Uh, and, of course, they'll lose to the Jazz. The Jazz are just legitimately good. Even with everyone there, I don't know if they'll beat the Jazz. But I mean, who knows? They might beat the Jazz. They probably have play the Jazz quite well recently. I'm just saying. Um, it'll be a difficult game. Let's be objective. Okay? The Jazz have, like, twice the number of wins the Raptors have. Uh, and if they don't get those guys back, they're either going to lose. And even if they do get those guys back, you know, probably 2-1-1 is, like, the best you can hope for. And the trade deadline is coming up. <laughs> the trade deadline is, like, a week and a half away. And you really do have to look at this roster, man. The Raptors have, at the moment, the ninth best lottery odds in the NBA. The ninth. And, of course, it'll be difficult to go even lower. But it's possible. The The, the Cavaliers or the, uh, the uh, Wizards have played better of late. They've been more competitive in their losing, which is a hilarious thing to say. But they have been more competitive in their losing, okay? Um you know, Sacramento is there. They're probably going to sell some guys, you know, but you know, Washington is winning a couple of games. Russ is giving triple doubles. Cleveland is, you know, kind of, it's not entirely out of the question, is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not necessarily advocating for it, but it has to be a situation the Raptors look at. They have to look at it, or they have to make some trades and add some pieces because it's, it's tough. It is absolutely tough to watch the current place. The Raptors are very much stuck in the middle, and there's not a lot of talent on the way that's on the roster that's en on, on route to developing. So, that's disappointing, and you see it in a game like this. Um, in terms of your three stars, I'm going to give the first star to Kyle. Twenty points, five rebounds, eight assists. I don't care that he got ejected. He, you know, I would get ejected too. And he really got ejected on some weak stuff, man. The ball, so the Raptors called timeout. Like two minutes left, the game's over. Kyle's going to checked out for the night. He literally just flings the ball towards the officials, not in a menacing way. Maybe not. It's not the crispest pass, considering he's obviously a point guard and he's paid to deliver crisp passes. But um, flipped the ball at the officials. Maybe it was too sarcastic or whatever, but the guy just tossed him. I don't know. That's probably one of those things that gets rescinded. If it doesn't, I don't I don't know. I mean, it would suck for Kyle to lose some money on that. But I, I hear him. But Kyle was the best Raptor tonight. Norm Powell the second best Raptor tonight. 32 points on 13-21 shooting. Uh, hit three threes. The pull up three wasn't working as well, but he got to the rim a lot better than he did the last couple of games. Uh, four rebounds, five assists. And then third star... I'm not even kidding. I'm giving the third start to Henry Ellinson again because Henry actually created two plays for himself to score in terms of pump faking, driving us to defense, and drawing contact. Now, listen, it takes a lot for a G League player to draw an actual foul, right? There's a reputational bias that you got to really overcome. It's like a glass ceiling for G Leaguers, you really got to get hammered. But Ellenson really created two situations for him to get to the free throw line. And that alone is getting him the third star. I'm I'm not exaggerating because the rest of the guys don't deserve anything. Uh, And that includes Boucher with his 17 points. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. Henry Ellenson was six. You know, that's getting the third star. Your Gerald Henderson award winner. That is going to Patrick Williams, who was the fourth overall pick for the Bulls this past year. He's like an OG Ananobi type. Uh, you know, with maybe a little bit better in terms of like the, the, just in his mobility, um, in terms of his sort of balance scoring wise, 23 points, six rebounds, four assists for Patrick Williams. So, the Raptors, what they did today was a lot of um switching to sort of limit the Bulls' downhill penetration. They really wanted to take a lot of the pick and roll game, did a lot of switching, right? And what that left with was a lot of like Kyle guarding a center or like Terrence Davis guarding Patrick Williams or whatever. And what the Bulls recognized early on was just, okay, if you're gonna switch against us, we're gonna send cuts through the lane, and it's just a bigger guy against a smaller guy. And sometimes if the pass is there, and the guy catches the ball, he's gonna just score because there's nothing you really can do because you have a mismatch. And they were did that really well with Patrick Williams flashing in from the weak side when the Raptors you know switched, when the Raptors doubled, when the Raptors went zone. I mean, it shows pretty good intuition for a rookie to always consistently find the gaps and for him to even create 14 shot attempts without having the ball for the most part is really impressive. So good for him, man. Fourth overall pick. You know, the Bulls have been in the lottery forever. So, of course, they've added some talent. And for the Raptors, you know, you see the difference. But anyway, Patrick Williams, 23 points. Good for him, man. Um, I still remember him telling about him, him helping out his mom in like a flower shop uh, as one of his draft day stories. They always tell the most random stories on draft day, like OG and loving cheesecake or whatever. But um, yeah, Patrick Williams, man, helping his mom as a florist, big respect to, uh, to, to, to to Pat Williams. And um, yeah, 23 points, your Jordan Henderson award award winner tonight. So that does it for the podcast. Another reminder, please, um, if you haven't already, Subscribe to the Raptors of Everything. Um, Sorry, not the Raptors. The Raptors Reaction newsletter uh, by Yahoo Sports Canada. We've just launched that over the past week. Again, the Raptors could be winning some more games that would really help with the launch. But I think really what I need help with is with with people actually subscribing to the newsletter. Because I think it's a very valuable thing. Because what you're going to do is it's going to put all your Raptors content in one place. So you can find 10 things after every game. And listen, I'm still writing 10, even though the Raptors are really... I mean, it could be summed up with the Raptors don't have their guys and they can't compete without them. In any case, I've wrote 10 things. Uh, the Reaction Podcast is going to be there. You're going to see post-game interviews with all the players and coaches. You're going to see highlights from the game. You're going to get a mailbag, which, again, you can send in questions, uh, you know, and I will answer them in the mailbag. Um, you will get three stars and you will get... Um, you know probably the best meme of the night. And honestly, the memes are a little sad at the moment, but you know, you know, as anyone who's, you know, uh, in tune with uh, internet culture knows, uh, sometimes sadness creates the best memes. So, the Raptors are currently in that spot <laughs> where we're creating sad memes. So again, subscribe to the uh Raptors reaction newsletter. I'm going to drop a link to it in the podcast description below. So, I really appreciate everyone for listening. Again, like I said yesterday, if you uh if you're listening to these at this moment where the Raptors being as frustrating as they are, you know you're 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 really real and um, yeah I'm just gonna keep trying to make coverage. So thankfully Raptors are gonna give us two off days. So hopefully they can get some guys back. Hopefully those guys are miraculously healthy. Uh, obviously you know the health and safety is their absolute first and biggest priority. But um, you know the Raptors listen they need they're 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 in the hole. They're they're really really down. They're down bad. They're they're five games under 500 now. They had the two and eight start to the season. Now they have this stretch where they lose. You know. Seven of eight games. They got to pull themselves out of it. And you're going to need a long stretch. Otherwise, the Raptors are going to be playing the Bulls in the playing game. So, thanks everyone for listening. Appreciate it again. And, um, yeah, I'll be back later this week.